0: Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk Podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior Room, And thank you for being in Soul Talk. And today we have a very special being that I've been following for a while. And you should too. And her name is Celia Fenn. And she's uh, connecting with us from South Africa. And let me tell you a little bit who she is before we start making questions about many things that I have uh, to, I want to ask. Celia Fenn is an international writer, channeler, creative, and mentor who works with angelic and galactic families, Archangel Michael, Elohim Angels, and Royal Star Lions. Since the early uh, years in the 21st century, she has traveled globally and worked online channel and as a medium uh, with, uh, with individuals and with also with groups. She offers online webinar courses, Spiritual Evolution and Transformation, her focus is to help people to understand what is happening in the earth and developing their res- uh, resilience, power, and creativity to create serene and successful life. She shares of Michael's teachings of her sacred years of the sacred planets to help life workers to create a spiritual framework for their daily lives and their daily journey. She offers courses, consultations, and su- uh, suitable for both masters and beginners. Celia. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation in Soul Talk. I really appreciate
1: it. Thank you for it. having me, Monica. It's lovely to be here.
0: And uh, like we were talking before cameras, one of the persons that started uh, explaining what was happening in the Lion's Gate, it was you. So, uh, and I have received that question many times from many yeah. people. What is the Lion's Gate? And it is how better to put it in the, the person that actually channeled this information that it was very important for all, both of us, everybody, because actually it uh, affects all of us.
1: Yeah. Um, in recent years, the Lionsgate has become widely recognized, I think is the word, as a very important, uh, moment in the year uh, what i call the sacred year because it it opens the the gateway as it is to the next spiral of time and space or spiral of adventure or narrative whatever you want to call it that is our journey on the earth so i started working with the lion's gate in about two thousand and four three somewhere around there and when I first started working with it, I didn't really uh understand the full importance of of the Lionsgate moment. It just was channel I channeled it from Archangel Michael and he said to me, Lionsgate is important and um the eight eight is important. And I remember back then a lot of people being quite resistant and saying, Oh, what is this eight eight thing? What is the Lionsgate? But um we went on working with it and working with it over the years. Until very recently, Archangel Michael then gave me this full framework, which he called the sacred year. And he said to me, um, you know, we talk a lot about living in the moment and living in the the present and zero point and all those concepts, which are true. We do have to live in this time and space. But when we are in the material realm, um, we do need a way to structure the days. You know, we can't just sit around. Being in the moment, we still have to get up and go to work and and do those kinds of things. And he says that the sacred year is a structure which is both galactic and interstellar because it's based on the movement of the Earth in relation to uh, the galactic center and in relation to the stars and the planets. So we track what we call the eight points of light in the sacred year. Um which are eight moments of uh what would we call it Um intense spiritual energy. We call them portals, vortexes, whatever you like, but they are made up of what I call the four time gates and the four solar gates. So the four time gates begin with the Lion's Gate, time, space, portal energy, the Lion's Gate on the 8th of August. The second one is the Scorpio Gate on the 11th of November, which is the 11 which is coming up shortly. Um, the third one is the 2-2, which is at uh the 2nd of February, is the Aquarius Gate, third one. And the fourth one is in May, it's, it's the 5-5, which is the Taurus Gate. Um, so those are the four important moments. And then we have the two equinoxes and the two solstices, uh, which you add in there. And then you get a, a spiral of energy moving from one to the other, and at each point you are aware of incoming light codes, um, shifts of energy, changes, and you can align your own particular journey with what you're experiencing at that time. And of course, you also have the monthly, like the ten ten, the nine nine, whatever. So these moments are also minor portals, and then you have the full moon and you have the um new moon. So altogether in your sacred year, there are about, I think I added it up to about 30, 38 or 30, somewhere around there, 34 different moments when you can connect with um the energies and the movements of this, the earth in relation to the galaxy. So they're very powerful moments for you simply to align your soul. So you're not just floating around in no time. Uh, unless you want to, of course, but you can also be in that space where the sacred year is holding you on a spiral of time that will bring you back to the Lion's Gate again. But as you move through the Lion's Gate, you move to a higher level because you're not going around in circles. You're spiraling upward in this um pathway of evolution. So you have, um what we use as a symbol is the eight-pointed star which has a, the eight points for the sacred year. And um, it's a very beautiful way of connecting with um, the movement, the concepts, the, the light codes, your soul, your journey through the galaxy, all those things. So, um, when we talk about the Lion's Gate now, a lot of people are beginning to understand that the Lion's Gate is this important moment when we initiate something new, but also. Um, hoping that people are beginning to understand that it's also the beginning of a spiral of portals and gates and vortexes that we can work with to raise our consciousness and connect with higher consciousness. So I hope that answers <laughs> your question.
0: I, I think so, but but, um, but at the same time, I understand what is a portal because I have passed that, but not many
1: people
0: Yeah. a yeah. portal. So can you explain it a little bit more, elaborate a little um, more?
1: Yeah, from my perspective, a portal is is um, a moment when, uh, in terms of the sacred year, two celestial or more celestial bodies align to create an energy field that is very powerful. So at the Lion's Gate, um, you have alignments of uh, in the in the house of Leo, uh, the, ha- uh, the sign of Leo. Uh, the, the sign of Leo is ruled by the sun. So the sun is very important. Um, I'm trying to think of what the star is. Uh, it was not Antares, <laughs> the other one. Anyway, Sirius is important because Sirius is aligned with the sun in the morning. So you have this powerful energy. We call it the time of the two suns. So you have the sun uh, rising and then Sirius at, in right next to it in in the, the sky. So we have all these powerful energies coming from Sirius, which is very closely concerned with the evolution of the Earth and humanity, um, plus the solar energies. So you have the white sun and the blue sun rising in the sky and all these powerful light codes coming from the sun and from the galactic center and from Sirius. And the same thing happens when we move into uh, the Scorpio Gate, which is the next one that's coming up. Uh, the sun in Scorpio, um, and then all these other energies going on, creating, um, a confluence of energies and an inflow of light codes. And of course, with the Scorpio gate, we also have two eclipses because eclipses are also portals for energy because you have the sun or the moon being covered. And so it's a, it's like a zero moment where you can reset the energies. So, with the Scorpio Gate coming up, we have, um, partial solar eclipse first, um, in Scorpio. And then we have, I think two weeks later, we have total lunar eclipse in Taurus, um, happening just, I think it's about three days before, or is it after, the, uh, the the 1111. I think it's before, I think it's the 8th. And then, um, yeah and then the 1111 is 3 days later so very powerful energies coming in at that time so you have portal energies you have an eclipse portal and people can understand that they start feeling um a bit uh strange because of the intensity of the energies you know and that's something um uh, people are noticing a lot now how intense um, the energies are because we're in a very powerful shift at the moment. It's ongoing. Um, has been going since, uh, the 22nd of February. We started with this expansion and, um, movement. And I remember saying to the people I was working with my group, we're being accelerated. We're being pushed in this year to move as, as, far and as fast as we can and I'm sure everyone's noticed that it just felt like this tremendous push um, but now we have reached this moment where those of us who are ready are stepping into this most amazing um, higher dimensional consciousness that enables us to to live in abundance and peace what I call simple joy even while there is this tremendous chaos that's going on at the lower levels. So those of us who've been doing our work and going with the flow and uh, integrating the light codes at these different gates are feeling uh, this moment of, we am um, going to call it achievement or arriving at this new level um, where we're going to step into such a new and different way of being and existing and creating on the earth so um the sacred here and the portals and the stargates they all have a significance in terms of this ongoing journey of evolution and transformation
0: I hear from one of your interviews that you used to be a astrologer or you are an astrologer and uh, I I I just have basic concepts of astrology,
1: now, I'm not an astrologer per se. I have studied astrology um but I do use it um quite intensively, uh but not as an astrologer would because um I use it more to look at how the soul is connected to the stars and how the stars influence the soul because it's all light and energy and whatever so. Um, I wouldn't call myself an astrologer. I'm not a qualified one. But I I do know a lot about um,
0: how it works. That's what's my question about. Like the people that right now that we're going to the portal of the Scorpio, the people that are are Scorpios are going to be affected in different way than someone from Cancer or Leo or other sign?
1: Yeah, I think so. Because, for example, at the Lion's Gate, People who are Cancer and Leo, of course, are going to feel it more intensely because they are, their sun is being affected by the energies. And so when we go into Scorpio, uh, people who are Scorpio are also going to feel it more intensely, um, because their sun is in Scorpio. But if you look at it from, um, classic astrological viewpoint, then we all have planets in other houses too. So it would depend, for example, um, if you're going into the Scorpio gate, and you have five planets in scorpio well then yes you're going to have a bit of a an intense ride but if you just have like one planet in scorpio um then it, it probably won't be so intense so that's the traditional way of looking at it astrologically but for me um it would depend on uh, what that particular soul energy was you know if your sun is as significant to your soul purpose because one of the things I do with Archangel Michael is to look at people's soul, um, to do soul reading to see what is their purpose? What is their mission on the earth? And how does it tie in with, with their daily life and, and how they're living? So it is very important, um, to use this basic astrology, uh, to understand, um, those, Different aspects of the soul journey.
0: Yes, I I understand that. I am a Scorpio, why so I am an ascended Scorpio. What is
1: your date of birth? Uh, what is the day of your birthday?
0: Twenty uh, seventh of October.
1: Okay, so you're an, an, an early.
0: But I think
1: that... you're going to be feeling it because um, the twenty seventh of October is is as I recall. I think the the first eclipse is on the 25th of October, isn't it? So it's just like two days before your birthday. So I think you're going to be feeling quite an intense uh, shift. But but what I'm feeling for you is, is um probably what I'm also feeling is it's going to be a shift of consciousness rather than physical shift. And when I say that, I mean part of what's happening at the Scorpio Gate shift is affecting the brain. Okay. So we're finding that we, this is where work, I work with the dolphins and the whales because the dolphins are helping us to understand that as we move into higher consciousness, the brainwave patterns change. So we move from what we call beta consciousness, which is ordinary, everyday consciousness, which is nice and comfortable into alpha, which is the consciousness you experience when you're meditating. So you know that lovely kind of um warm, peaceful feeling, um which is nice, but it's very difficult to go to the supermarkets or clean the house or whatever when you're in that state of mind because you feel um uh, you feel like you want to sleep, you feel like you just want to relax. I find myself sitting a lot, kind of staring into space <laughs> because that's all I want to do. And I do understand that this is part of the uh, transformation that we're going through. We're moving into waking alpha. This is only step one. Okay, there's step two, but it starts with waking alpha. So it means that we're going to have to be able to conduct our lives in this sort of state of semi-meditation. Okay, and the dolphins do this. They They're in alpha all the time. So they are coming in their spirit forms as the golden dolphin angels to help us to raise our consciousness and to learn how to do this. Now what I'm doing at the moment is dropping between them because I cannot do the supermarket in Alpha. I'm sorry. I have to go back to Hunter <laughs> So I can do the supermarket and go home and then I can be back in Alpha. So I'm finding a lot of movement uh, between these two levels and feeling a bit kind of wonky. Not what the word is, you know, sort of feeling um sometimes I get up and I lose my balance and whatever, because the brain is is having difficulty dealing with all these holographics, but yeah, but this That's is only the first step, because the second step is um where the whales come in because they're helping us to shift into galactic consciousness, which is a very expanded consciousness. Um, it's an awareness of the cosmos and the galaxy at the same time as you're doing the shopping in the supermarket. It gets wild because you are in what you would call theta is a, a state of, um, the brain waves called theta, which is um, a much deeper uh, kind of state. And when the human brain Goes into theta. You're actually asleep. Um, you can even do surgery on people who are in theta because they are at such a deep level that they don't feel the, the no awareness of the, of the pain in the body. Now, I'm not saying we're going to shift into theta like tomorrow, but I think ultimately our, um, evolution is taking us in that direction. So what that means is that some of us are feeling sometimes completely zoned out. You just feel completely expanded. Now the whales, when they work with this consciousness, they use it to, to create and to manifest and to work with the galactic hologram. Okay. So just as we have a personal hologram and a solar hologram, we have a galactic hologram. So when you go into theta and you move into the state, you're going into the galactic awareness. Okay. You definitely can't go shopping at the supermarket while you're in that state. Okay. So, um, what, what we're learning to do again, I find what is useful is to feel where I am. When I wake up in the morning, where am I? I'm usually not in uh, 3D, 5D, whatever. I have to bring myself down. And then sometimes during the day, I have to say to myself, uh, uh, ground yourself. You're too far out. Okay. Come into your body. Ground yourself. Um, and sometimes, uh, the, the visualization that Archangel Michael gave me was to imagine that you're in an elevator. And you press the number you want to be at. So if you want to be in the fifth dimension, you just press five and that tells your higher self you need to be in the fifth dimension in order to function. You know, if you want to go up, you can press. um, I use the, the dimensions, fifth dimension, sixth dimension, seventh dimension. Press the number you want to go to, um, to tell your higher consciousness where you need to be. Um, what I call it is mastery of energy, because we can no longer just, uh we can go with the flow, but we can't just flop around hoping that we're going to somehow land where we need to be. We have to be aware of our energy and aware of where it is and how we're working with it. So to get back to where we started, we come up to the Scorpio Gate, and our energy is intense and all sorts of things are happening, then we have to be able to say, okay, where am I? What dimension am I on? And, of course, the elevator is in your heart, okay, because that is where you ground yourself and center yourself, and everything must link back to your heart. So what Archangel Michael also pointed out to me was that um the dolphins and the whales are both conscious breathers. Uh, They breathe with awareness and of, well, they have to because they have to come up for air in order to survive. So we have to learn how to breathe consciously so that we can navigate these energies and navigate the different dimensions that we're working with. So breathing is so important for grounding yourself, for relaxing your body, for being in your body, but also for expanding your consciousness when you need to?
0: Well, basically what I understand is how I use the theta level. I work a lot with uh, uh, with my clients in, in that level. I like that, and I call it the operative system of the brain because it's between our conscious and our subconscious. Yes. And my, yeah. my, that's where you can disintegrate many of the programs that we have and yeah. you can change and so forth. So when we are in that, we're going to be able to be completely conscious of our subconscious at the same time?
1: Absolutely. I call it the galactic consciousness, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's just you're aware of everything that's happening in your consciousness. It's not that you you cut off from anything. It's, It's there for you. But I think what's happening to a lot of people who are not aware is that they think they're going crazy. Because all these things start coming up. And, you know, I found in our community, we have been doing a lot of healing and releasing things and all sorts. But then you find stuff keeps coming up again and again is because we haven't learned how to release it. So it's released because when the consciousness becomes expanded, it comes up again, you know, and again, because we don't understand what we're doing is expanding and learning how to Managed, what comes up you know i don't think we're ever going to release it entirely i think we release the charge of energy that might be bothering us but we have access to all of our being whether it's past future present it's all there in our different layers of consciousness and to be a master of energy and consciousness is to have access to all those different layers in a i wouldn't call it a It's called it the conscious way, but in a way that doesn't disturb you, so that you can look at it and say, "Okay, that was this, and this is that, and I'm managing it, and I can move with it and flow with it," in a very the word I use is serene to be centered in your heart and to be in a serene and gracious, graceful, graceful state, so that. You are um, in your angelic or um, master self, and not being buffeted all over by uh, what's going on on the lower levels. So it's really it's a challenge, but it's also such a wonderful blessing that is being offered to us at this time. It, it's so exciting and and so challenging at the same time. You know, it's, it's difficult. I'm not going to lie to anyone and say oh, it's. It's it's easy. It's not. It, it's a very potent step in our evolution.
0: It is basically to be, learn to become, to be the observer 24, uh, 24 hours a day.
1: Absolutely. It's not important. Just to watch. You know, when you step back and you just watch, and you have to be careful that you're not judging, you're just watching. Um, just watching what's going on and and deciding for yourself whether you want to be part of something or not um whether you want to step into it or step around it or whatever, so that um but you're aware, you're not just falling into situations. So that the unaware person or the, the person's unawake finds themselves in situations and they think, How did I get here? you know, what happened? Whereas an awakened person says, I know how I got here and I can get out of here even faster if I if I need to, you know. You're just so aware of what you're creating in your life and what you need to uncreate because it's not working for you. Because previously in my life, I would uh, get into situations and then I would struggle and struggle and struggle to try and resolve them because I felt that it was up to me to resolve these situations. And now I realize I'm simply looking at a situation, deciding if it works for me or not, and if it doesn't, I can step out of it. I don't have to resolve anything um, because I'm simply experiencing and I can choose what I experience, which is a, a quite different concept to struggling and trying to sort things out and fix things and heal things, and, uh, which very often you can't do.
0: That takes me to a question that uh, I always have seen when the, the problem persists, let's say I work uh, self-doubt and uh and then I work it. I think I already mastered it, and then later on again comes another test, and he's like, okay, I thought I did what happened but i how I interpreted it, it was like there's layers over layers over layers,
1: yeah.
0: and more yeah. that you go more profound, you're gonna encounter another test more deep something that is gonna be way more yeah. deep in that same experience, in the same uh, same length. But it's different because it's going to be, you cannot be tested in the same level as you were before.
1: Absolutely. And if you have um, passed your test before, then you know that you can pass this one as well. And um I certainly feel that life is intense. It's a journey. One of the things I've been thinking about the last few days is, life is meant to be intense we're meant to have intense experiences and adventures on earth but we became very tame and and complacent when we were in this structure so we find intense experiences a bit disturbing but um when we understand how to manage them then we can um manage them we can be okay with what happens you know when i first started out on my journey I knew in my soul that I was here to bring love to the earth, and I believe that I just if I poured enough love into something, I could fix it and heal it and resolve it. And I had to learn very much the hard way that that is not true, because um, people who are broken have to fix themselves. You can't fix them just by loving them. So I learned to to make the adjustment, the big soul adjustment. That I couldn't fix everything by loving it, i would I needed to step back and allow people to fix themselves and that that was so the lesson I learned with that was so traumatic um it's It still sometimes it is uh difficult for me to think about it, but it was a deep soul lesson that I needed to understand what love is, and it isn't just. A band aid that you put on things and fix them. It's actually respecting the journey of each person and allowing them to make their own choices as to what they want to do or not do.
0: Yes, and it can be very, very painful.
1: Yeah,
0: I have encountered that lesson, and it is very, very hard. And uh, because sometimes you just have to just be the observer. And that's it. You can't do anything about it. People have to heal. No,
1: especially when it's people close to you, like your family, and uh, you feel that you, you owe them something or you, you had to do this or whatever, you know, and being able to step out of it and say no. Because I often say to clients, you know, your mother and your father and your sister and your brother, okay, they're in your life now, but you've had many, many families. Um so are you going to carry them all with you for the rest of eternity? Or do you understand that, um, it's a fluid thing? As, as you become an adult, you don't need that attachment so much. And you go out and you form a different kind of family, community, whatever that is more in alignment with your heart and your soul. But, um, as you learn that, it, it's, it's a very deep, um, initiation that we have to pass through. And many light workers go through that 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 um also, having to let go
0: and also because there are two in our communities also they are very afraid of the of the shadow, and yeah. uh, they don't even want to talk about it uh, about the shadow when the shadow is part of them, and uh, that's the part they they do not want it to see because they do understand they do well, understand. i think
1: you can't. You can't be a light worker and you can't manage your energy unless you understand what shadow is. So you can see it when it's coming. And the only way you can see it coming and you can recognize it and prevent it from hooking into you and, and activating your shadow is if you understand what your shadow is and how it functions. And, and I recognized in, in my process that, um, this need to heal everybody came from also a very, a need to control that I wanted my environment to be all pretty and nice and everybody had to line up and be pretty and nice and loving, you know, because I said so. (laughs) And of course, they they had their own ideas. So I had to learn to understand that if I wanted my environment to be beautiful and harmonious and loving, it was up to me to create it from within me and not to expect everyone around me to kind of fall in into it. I think to see that as a control issue, and it was a control issue, uh, is to understand that I have it in me. I just need to control people, you know, and and to uh, you will heal, you will be loving, you know, because I need you to be, and then to just release them and say, okay, be what you are, on your own journey, which is um where you take that step into mastery, You're mastering yourself because you are resisting that need to control, and just saying, you know, I can control myself and my reactions and what I do. But I, I don't need to control people around me. They must make their right own choices.
0: Because then, in that way, when we're trying to control, I also learned that one. Uh, it is, well, working on that one, I can say I already totally understood that. But um, trying to understand that one, it is, that's where we get confused what is really unconditional love. Unconditional love is not about trying to control someone. No.
1: It's-
0: loving that person how it is or
1: yeah.
0: just moving around and that's where the confusion with many couples are right now yeah. because you think oh, I can't change these things we think that only teenagers have that mentality no also uh, adults they have the same concept
1: yeah but, and I I recognize also it's not just wanting to change someone it's having expectations of what that person needs to be and having your expectations not met because uh my expectations were everybody you know you get married and family and expect them to be a certain way and you find that their expectations were quite different and i often thought if we had sat down and talked about our expectations probably it would have been different but you know so many years in your expectations are not being met and you're trying to control people into meeting them you know so um We've lived, We've moved past that now we're in a space where we can see people as they are and decide whether we want to be in a relationship with them or not, um intimate relationship uh, and not needing to change them and not needing them to be different, and also them not needing to change us or accepting us the way we are and again, that goes back to do you accept yourself the way you are? you know um, are you okay with yourself as you are, and not needing yourself to be different?
0: Yes, because at the same time whatever experience we're leaving living in the outside, it is things that we have to they're presenting themselves because we need to change them. We need to work at it with ourselves so we can be yeah. changing.
1: Yeah, until we reach this level where we as you said, we're simply observing what's happening and not feeling responsible for changing it or look, we're creating it. But what is important to understand is that you change things in the world and around you on the inside by uh, working with consciousness. It, it isn't about demanding people change or demanding they do things your way or whatever. It's by uh, changing it and seeing it differently within yourself because you're dreaming and creating these um, holograms or visions that manifest into reality. So what we're dealing with, let's say, the old earth, the chaos and the aggression, is a very old dream that we all held at one point and now it's disintegrating. And the onus is on us to dream a different dream so that we can create something different. And that takes time. So what is happening is all the light workers come together and the new children come in and everyone's holding a new dream. And soon, right, you know, as we're going through this transformation, that dream starts to manifest into reality. For, I mean, I know for myself, um, where I'm living, I'm living in my new earth paradise. It's a bit kind of intense <laughs> to live so close to nature. Um, but I'm understanding, um, that I'm being offered the opportunity to live at, uh, what would you call it, a higher level, um, different level to, and to move between a very close connection to nature and then Back down into the shopping mall and, and the supermarket and whatever. And I can go back to my self-flowing between them. Um, and, and learning to, to live in this multi-dimensional way because I'm moving between these different levels. And I think as more and more of us are doing this, uh, we're creating a pattern for the earth that is going to become the, the, the pattern for the, the earth itself. In the years that come,
0: I remember uh, many years back, about seven years, I was an activist. And, you know, I went to protest and so forth. Until one day it hit me. It's like, I'm not changing anything. This is pointless. If I really wanted to change the world, I have to start from me. And I can help others to change themselves so they can see they can change themselves. But I can't change the collective. Just because they go into a protest, that doesn't change anything. You just Usually
1: protest. what happens, you know, with, with protests is um, you're engaging in, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with protests. If you want to protest, protest. But you're engaging in duali- duality. Like we're, we're right, you're wrong. And we're going to make a lot of noise about it. And it becomes aggressive and becomes violent and whatever. So you are really just... Um, integrating or emphasizing the old energy. You're not actually creating something that's new. You're just being pulled into this whirlpool of old energies and violence and, and negativity. But as I say, for some people, I know there are young people who feel very strongly that they have to be out in the world and protesting. And I would say then do it, but do it in a conscious way. You know, understand what you're doing understand where your energy is going and what you're contributing to while you're doing it.
0: I did stop because I I did saw that if I wanted to create a change, I I have to change me and I can teach other that
1: way. Yeah,
0: yeah, like you mentioned, it's the choice of everybody and all the choices are acceptable. It's their choice.
1: I think people don't understand, you know, when they say I must change myself, they think, oh, well, um, I must be more peaceful and more loving and more creative. But it's not just that. It's that when you make those changes, your whole energy field changes and you then start to uh, affect other people so that when you walk into a room or the supermarket, we're back there again, <laughs> people around you start to feel there's something going on here. I know when I'm on a good day and I'm rolling, people stop stop in the supermarket and talk to me and say things to me and, you know, I'm going not like, really? Um, and then I understand that they are responding to my energy. They're feeling something that, that attracts them and they want to talk to me.
0: And their emotions in that moment start, uh, change at the same time. Yeah. They
1: feel the light and they feel the energy and they take it on in some way that might, you might activate their, their light body or their DNA transformations, whatever that interaction does a kind of quantum twinning thing where for a moment your, um, your light bodies come into that twin relationship and you can shift them into a higher level simply by being in your, your elevated, um, consciousness light body state that you are. So it isn't just about being a nicer person. It's about being a more powerful person that, that can activate change in your community simply by being who you are.
0: And many of the empaths that we have all in common, it is the people, strangers are going to come to talk to us and tell us the problem. Yeah. Everybody talks yeah. about it. You're an empath. I don't even know why people is coming to me and asking me questions or advices. Because you're an empath. So if you change yourself and you change your vibration, how you feel and see and observe things, then you can change more people. The people that come and ask you for advice, you're going to give them a very different advice. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm, I'm talking about you don't even have to ask you for advice. They can just be standing next to you and they can feel it. Uh, because when you're an empath, uh, and as I'm sure you know, we have to be very careful about, um, how much of our souls we give away. So when you're doing it on this level, you're, you're not engaging in that, um, Or can I call it? It's almost like a. it is a bit of a control drama because they ask you some questions, they ask you some more, and then they ask you some more, and the next thing you know is you're giving out huge amounts of energy. So when you're doing it simply from your light body and your heart and your soul, they are receiving it without needing to pull it from you, and it doesn't exhaust you as an empath because I found that when I was empathic and I was working from that, it was quite exhausting because people were always trying to... Pull energy off of you, so it was learning to have that um awareness of of what was going on, and then just letting it be from your energy field um, that they received these activations without them actually really knowing what they're doing and that is so powerful because, as I say, you can walk, you imagine yourself walking through a supermarket, just leaving a trail of light behind you, <laughs> and everybody who walks into that light goes, What was that <laughs> because they they can feel it um around you and I think that's what is happening with so many light workers it's becoming so radiant this is also something I, I work with is the cathar teaching of the shining ones you know your your light body becomes so filled with golden light that you become radiant and wherever you go you're just filling the place with light and I'm very aware of trying to be in that energy of course not all the time some days it's a bad supermarket day, but other days you're aware of, um, the energy that you're giving out and people coming into that energy and feeling it. Um, but not understanding. They just look at you. And they don't really understand, but they're getting it anyway. And, and that is such a beautiful thing to be able to do. You need to activate the shining energy in you, uh, through its whole process again with working with the Mangdan and the Divine Feminine and Um, bringing your heart into alignment so that the masculine and the feminine are aligned. And then you get this beautiful connection um, that activates your solar light body, um, and then you just radiate these beautiful energies. So this is part of um, what we do as we follow the spiral, the sacred year, and we go through the portals, and we take in the light codes so that we can become more radiant and more uh, what would call more effective as agents of change for the Earth and for the new Earth.
0: And I have so many questions for you, uh, Celia. And one of my questions, it is regarding the uh, changing the subject. Sorry, guys. It's um, okay. The so <laughs> information that I wanted to, to get uh, about the angels. Um, I have heard many people that are angelologists. Or they are working only with one angel and so forth. But uh but people like like you, you're a channeler, you go with with a Galactic or ascended Masters or Delphin or or you know you don't call yourself a angelologist, a geologist, specifically only one side of the coin. And what is the difference between that angiologist and someone that is a channel? For galactics and whales and dolphins and,
1: um, I haven't heard that term before. That is quite cute. Um, <laughs> are people who are working only with angelic energies, uh, whereas uh, I consider myself to be a channel. I work primarily with Archangel Michael and the Elohim family, but I also channel um, dolphins and whales and and Mary Magdalene and Yeshua and. Um, you know, so I I am open and I receive energies from other levels. I think people who work specifically with angels tend to work with um the different kinds of angels. You know, there's archangels and angels of angels of that. There is such a wide field of angelic energy to work with, which is very beautiful. Because so I think it's just people working uh, in different places, different levels, different and different energies. Or um, it I don't think that one is particularly better than the other. It's just the same, the same um, ability to to bring energy to people.
0: Or is because it is socially acceptable? Channel angels and not channel dolphins, or uh, or galactics, or things like that, or even even.
1: I a- don't know. Um, it depends on on i th- i think where you are because if you're in a Catholic country, for example, or a very Christian country, then um I think it probably would be a lot of pressure for you to to be an angel channel you know to to work at that level because um channeling dolphins and whales would be uh considered to be a lower level but but again for me. Um, I also have worked with shamanic energies and working with shamanic connections and animal connections is very important in shamanism. In fact, it's very sacred and very holy. So I wouldn't consider working with dolphins and angels and power animals or whatever to be a lower level. In fact, I would consider it to be just as powerful. And when I was in um, Russia in, it was 20, when was it, 20? It was after 2012, it was about 2014. Um, I was working with Russians who were mostly Christian because the Russians are very Christian. And we went to Siberia and we started working with the energies at Lake Baikal. And it was there Archangel Michael said to me, it's very important for you to work with shamanic energies because in the new earth, uh, people are going to have to understand that the connection with nature is not only important; but it's very spiritual. That a lot of the, well, most of the animals on our planet are star seeds as well. They come from different star systems. They represent different stellar energies. And unless people understand that, they can't move forward. So, I think just saying, "Okay, angels are superior," and working with dolphins and whales is is not. It, it's a lower level. I've heard people even saying it's demonic or whatever. Um, no, I don't agree with that because uh the shamanic world view is that all uh, all life is sacred and we all come from the same spirit, the same um great what they call a great spirit. We're all one. I think the concept of oneness from um Christianity, uh Gnostic Christianity, the oneness. It's the same thing. So whether you're working with an angel or a whale. Or whatever, you you are chilling a divine consciousness at that level. So um I think I hope that answers your question.
0: And beside it, in the higher planes the the part of who's more, who's less, the hierarchy in, in Spanish uh, it is it's hierarchy, yeah. It is not they don't use it. It's only humans that are the ones that need that to understand. Right.
1: Exactly. I think um, the, the hierarchy of the masters is, is teacher that, the teaching that is for me, because we understand that we are all one and that um, we're all part of the great spirit or the, or the divine force. And so there is no hierarchy. And that if you're talking about angels, well, um, Archangel Michael teaches that we are human angels, that our being is angelic. And I recognize for myself, my primary um family is the Elohim angels. So I consider myself to be an angelic human. So I'm an angelic being in human form. And a lot of us are, we, or we are um, galactic beings in human form or whatever. But we feel, I feel my connection to uh, the angelic realm very strongly.
0: I saw that you were going to have also uh, a class about the Scorpio Gate uh, and working with your with the whales and, and the dolphins very soon. Yes. Would you like to talk about that?
1: Um, yeah, it's coming up on the when do we start? The twenty second or twenty third? I don't remember the exact date. Um, but the the purpose of the webinar is to assist people through. Uh, the, the Scorpio Gate. So we're starting just before the first partial solar eclipse and preparing people for that. And then we move into the 1111 and we go through that gateway and, and the, the full moon lunar eclipse as well. So at every step, we are preparing you for what you're going to experience spiritually and physically. And of course, uh, working with Archangel Michael as the guiding force. We have activations with him. Which are very beautiful. I love doing activations with Archangel Michael. But also the whales and the dolphins are coming in. Um, and this makes me very excited because I haven't worked with them for about 10 years. They are coming in now because they want to help us with this, uh, expansion of consciousness that we talked about earlier. So they're going to give us techniques and, um, ways of working with the alpha state and the theta state and how we can move between the different levels. So um, I think that for anyone who's interested and wants to know more about how to deal with these energies and to do it in a community, because I work with a um, community of light, we call the Diamond Light community. Um We'd work together as a group. So there's chat and there's... Um, I do notes for people, Is a recording available, so it's a very intense and beautiful experience for people who would like to, to make that journey.
0: And they can find more information in your website, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Celiafern.com.
1: That's right, Celiafern.com, one word, Celiafern.com, and it's all there.
0: So like that, uh, it is something that right now is going to be very needed, and the portals are coming. And we wow. here. so it is important that actually we start understanding how we can amplify it, our conscience and we can understand also how we can be the observer twenty four hours a day if we're awake, if not in our dream time too <laughs>
1: Absolutely. It's all a dream, <laughs> okay, I, thank you so much, Marthatha. It's been lovely to be with you.
0: Oh, thank you so much I really appreciate it and thank you everybody for being in Soul Talk and if this uh, helped you please uh, uh, give us a like give us a review and share it with your friends This might help someone else too thank you so much to everybody for being in Soul Talk thank you for joining me today I would love to share with you my transformational system path to the heart that I created just for you. Head over to WarriorOfLove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.